0: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, player.fm, soundcloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially
1: by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the amazon.com or fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online.
2: Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show!
0: Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson. Back in front door, shot, scores! Bobby
2: Great work circle to the right of Reggie Lemelin, buying it down, and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He
1: takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot. Over the gets loose, and Bergeron scores.
2: Hey, everyone's fans. Welcome back to episode 85 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast in partnership with Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. I got a decent show for you this this week. Uh, Not a lot of topics to start off with, but um, definitely have to talk about last week's games. Um, Two two good wins uh, on the road trip uh, against Calgary on Monday, and then to follow up uh, the game Tuesday night in Edmonton um that that particular game was one that was uh the Bruins showed up within the last 5 6 minutes of the game which was it was good to see them you know it's <laughs> they they knew that they were pretty much going to be losing this game and then they all of a sudden just came out of nowhere and um and and turned it around so
0: and, and social media was like game 7 in the playoffs it was hilarious how many people were throwing things. I, I I went to sleep. I woke up in the morning just reading it and like watching people fall off a cliff and saying it was the worst team in the world again. And I was going, I love them again. I was like, oh, that's yeah. hilarious.
2: Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Um, but And then they had three days off uh, to, and then they played uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs last night, which I thought was a pretty... Uh-huh. Right. I thought it was a pretty decent game, back and forth, a lot of hitting. Uh, but... Mm-hmm the uh the scoring wasn't all there but toronto came and uh all right let's hear it Court. go ahead you were there you were okay, in the stands I was,
0: I was there i was i was front row and center one thing i will say because everybody uh, i'll never say you know because a lot of people after the game they're like oh the bruins didn't have legs you know what there was no room to move out there anytime someone had the puck they are either on them or the bruins were on them there was two lines that dominated. There was the Bergeron line that dominated the Cadre line, even though Kadri scored, but he scored on the power play. And then you have the, the Marner line. The, the Bruins couldn't answer them. That. that Mitch Marner-Nylander line, no one could stop them all night. Anytime they had the puck, they controlled it. Um, I thought our penalty kill was uh, abysmal, to say the least. Um, the, the, the penalty on Char it is what it is, but McAvoy's penalty, it just... It seems um, I love the kid. I think he's the—he's obviously the future. He conveniently takes a lot of bad penalties at a lot of bad times. Just gonna throw that one out there. I know he's the—the uh, the poster child for greatness, but uh, man, he takes down penalties. Um, and then we can get down into the goal. should it have counted. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I. No. I'll just say it. no. It shouldn't no, have. When, absolutely when, not. Hockey night in Canada. Everybody says it, and then NHLs explanation was priceless pretty much well we just met with what the ref said
2: yeah but, but <laughs> that doesn't make any sense never, to
0: me i know it doesn't
2: you know i mean they a month and a half ago they mentioned something now a month and a half ago that would have been a goal by their rules and then all of a sudden they go through this all-star break and they have this stupid general meeting and then they revise the freaking rule saying that I, I don't exactly have the notes in front of me, but they made some kind of stupid change, which
0: now that is that is a goal, and I I, I just don't get it. I, I well, they're saying some people are saying. Um, well, it's funny. All the guys on Hockey Night in Canada, the people that you, everybody thought were Raw, Rawley fans, they all call it no goal. I've I've seen it all. Dan Hyman, uh, Zach Hyman's quote after the game was hilarious. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was all over the Toronto news because everybody got, the Leaf fans got mad at him because he admitted to pushing McAvoy into Tukarask and thought it was hilarious that the goal was called. Yeah. yeah. He, he admits that he pushed, he, he the quote was, he I pushed uh, McAvoy into him and uh, you know, it all went my way. <laughs> That's just like. And they're saying that Tukarask had enough time to get back up. Like, I watched the replay a million times and I'm like.
1: McAvoy sat on me. <laughs> How do you have time to get Michael? And Michael is well, a big guy. Like it's, it's not it's, like it's a tiny guy.
0: It's hilarious. If Tuca wasn't if Tuca was what all the Tuca haters call him and say he's not competitive and all that, he would have just didn't even would wouldn't even have tried to get up. He would have had a little hissy fit and fallen down and it would have been no goal. But because he tried to make the save, they're yeah. saying that he had enough time to get up. And what did you say, Rob? What did he say after the game? Uh,
1: Tuca Ross said that um, when you come to Toronto as an away team, um, goals like that never get pulled back, and he is going to get fined uh, yeah. big time. <laughs> so that that sucks. That he's going well it doesn't suck that he's going to get fined. He gets paid enough money, but uh, at the same time, for one of your players to get fined for saying something that's truthful is a bit uh, crappy. Yeah, yeah. So. Not, I'm getting
0: tired of going to leave games and losing. You know, I had I had a, a lot of years of every time I went there, the Bruins would win. It's getting to suck to go to games in Toronto, but I will give it to all the Bruins fans over there. They were a ton of Bruins fans. They're oh my uh, god, gonna...
2: yeah, saw that last night. They were all in the crowd and. Yeah, like That's, I had people
0: around my seats just asking, like, where do you guys all come from? I'm like, Well, I come from Milton, I'm about a half an hour away, so
2: <laughs> That's gonna be such a kick in the nuts for some people. Like you think you're coming from Boston or, or somewhere in the States or Buffalo or wherever, and you're a Bruins fan and all of a sudden you're like, I live down the street. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, when, when Rob, when you said something about the goal and um and, and being in Toronto um, it kind of brings me back to. Do you remember when the Matthews goal was um was called back? Uh, I don't remember yes. which game it was, but it was. Yeah,
0: a, really and good. then he scored later on, and he pointed at it like he scored. Yeah, it, like, was, it was. Oh,
2: yeah. It was a very similar situation that it was just you know there was guys were trying to get create some space in front of the crease, and somebody hit the goaltender. As Matthews uh, shot the puck and it got called back, and it was just a, it was pretty much the same t- type of. Um, of well, I uh, thought
0: that goal should have counted when Matthews scored?
2: I, I did too. I did too. Because absolutely, it,
0: because the, the the difference on the Matthews was, and I and people can correct me if I'm wrong. An email mark or email the web page. The it was a opposition team that pushed their pushed the the leaf player into the goalie, and that makes it totally different. Yet they called no goal when. The only reason the lead player was in the crease is because, and I think it was JBR, that another team pushed him in. And this is different. This is a lead player, admittedly, pushing a Boston Bruin player on top of our goalie. That's what just drives me nuts.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I'll
0: I'll admit to people, I was walking out of the building when the goal went in because my wife and I were getting a babysitter for the first time in a really long time. You know, we got out for a couple periods. It was great. Um, but we were trying to beat the traffic to get home so my in-laws could get back because they're about an hour away. But uh, I was listening to it on the radio and all the radio broadcasters were, oh, this is one's going to get called back. And then they were like, oh, wow, it's a goal. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so uh, in next week's games start tonight uh, at 5 o'clock against Buffalo uh, at the key center, um, key you bank bet. center. Uh, in buffalo new york uh, and the next home game in end to end the five game road trip uh is in boston on the 27th against the carolina hurricanes at 7 p.m and gotta click over because we're at the end of the month thursday at seven o'clock they play the pittsburgh penguins at td garden and one i'm looking forward to that one because uh I mean, every game's important, but when you play teams like Pittsburgh and so on, you're really getting yourself prepared for a playoff run, which is um, obviously the Bruins are in right now. Uh, and then the end of the week on Saturday the 3rd, uh, they play the Montreal Canadiens at 5 o'clock. Perfect can timing.
0: I, can, I, can I interrupt? Because we forgot to touch it, um, but it also just got announced. Patrice Bergeron walking around a little, uh, little gingerly, but with no boot, doing his normal pregame on the bike. Good sign. Oh,
2: great sign. Um, So
0: I did not see the play. I've looked for everything on the replays because I I had the game taped. I'm trying to find this shot in the second period that he boxed that caused the whole thing because he was on the ice the whole time. So I was so confused when I heard he was in a walking boot.
2: Yeah, I I did not see it at all. I did the same thing this morning at about 6 o'clock because I watched the game over and again, and I did not see any indication of him taking a shot in the foot. But regardless – um, as soon as you take that boot off, you guys know as hockey players, and many out there know as well. Your foot can pain. swell, it pain it's, and, and swell. So, yeah. yeah. So who knows? I mean, if he gets to play in tonight, in today's game against Buffalo, that'd be great. If not, I mean, get, I I give him a maintenance day against the Sabers because the Sabers are in the lat. I mean, last place. And I understand that the Sabers team beat us last time, and it wasn't a pretty game either, but. This, this is also a game that,
1: I mean... Yeah, we'll talk about it after.
2: It's a divisional game, I know.
1: Yeah, it Plus, is. Um, Evander Kane got scratched last night for Buffalo. Uh,
0: is he scratched again um, today? I'm guessing I will look so. Yes. Hold up. Keep going. Because it,
1: they're, they're obviously just trying to keep him healthy in case a trade comes up. Right. Uh, I know a lot of people have been saying as soon as someone scratched, like, oh, he's traded. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that. Times, A lot of the times it's not. They're just trying to keep the play. Like if you get injured on a play during a game, and then you, you like a team wants to trade for you during that game, you're screwed because they're not going to trade for an injured player. So Buffalo are just trying to keep that. Well, it's a guaranteed first round pick for him. So, Um, but I'm glad if he's scratched because he is a dangerous player. So it gives us an easier chance to win.
2: Um, Anders Bjork last week was also um, uh, mentioned that he will not be returning uh, for the rest of the season uh, with a shoulder upper body injury, put it that way, but it's definitely the shoulder. Uh, I kind of want to think that this was dated back to the Matt Martin hit at center ice against the Maple Leafs in November. I think that's when he actually like <clears throat> tweaked it a little bit, and then well, he had
1: two games off from that, didn't he? Yeah. Hey, I'm just happy. It. Did you guys see that hit a took
0: last night? I was. It was right in front of me. I was like, "Whoa!" Was no that? Concussion. Yeah, that was with a puck, though, right? No, he took a body check. He got nailed.
2: Who's the one that took the puck in the face?
0: Oh, uh, that was Bacchus. Oh. That happened. That happened all in my end. It was really nice. Unfortunately, some bad things happened in my end, but. You know, <laughs>
2: Uh, but the Anders Bjork, um, it seemed to me that uh, when when they played the Anaheim Ducks at the end of January and that Francois Beauchemin uh, ass uh, gave a little bit of liberties after the whistle, uh, kind of was the, the one that uh, got him out for the rest of the season. So uh, he had successful surgery. Uh, don't ask me what kind of surgery it was. Uh, but he will be out six months, so slated right now to return for training camp and the beginning of next season which is which is good i mean i don't like injuries, especially the young players like him. He is an up and comer, but I think that the time was right for him to to have this done and be ready for next season so
1: he's had uh pretty much the same season Hanman had last year uh if you've not noticed got called up for a while went back down to Providence yep. pretty sure Heinen got injured late last year as well I am not 100% on that but I'm pretty sure I,
0: he did I thought Heinen got injured at the beginning of the year and then that's he came in the lineup and then went to Providence and never came back
2: Yeah he did yeah, the, he did it. did the 12 games and didn't score any points and then it was it was down for him
1: So the, Evander so Kane is not in the locker he, room Good there you go Yeah. So. Doesn't easier, look like he's yeah. playing. Supposedly, he might be traded to San Jose. But, anyways, keep going. <laughs> okay. um, uh, but he's done the reverse and then. He's got injured at the beginning of the year. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> so okay. Awesome. Do, do we all want to talk about the, the, the silver lining on
0: this? Unfortunately, for Ed Anders Bjork, when his ECL enters, he's not going to cost as much money. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that one out there. Right. He Because, you know, we do. Anyways
1: because so many cap players space. yeah uh, mm-hmm. yeah but there's a lot of players that seem to be edging themselves out of uh, a contract if they're going to cost too much in the next few years yeah other, other than certain core yep. players that you need to keep but mm-hmm. there'll definitely be some rookies that will probably be traded off in a couple of years so mm-hmm.
2: uh speaking of creating cap space uh this this was uh this was gonna happen regardless but uh paul Postman has been put on waivers uh after twelve games uh this season he's got one point uh he signed a one year deal on july first two thousand seventeen for a seven hundred and seventy five thousand dollars so that creates a a roster spot and a little bit of um uh a little bit of cap for uh anything to happen whether trades happen or not and um Wait a minute. Hey,
1: he got to see his dog, right?
2: Yeah, he did get to see his dog. I'm sorry. Also,
1: so, Chris, Chris Breen was placed on was.
2: Yeah, we'll talk about that soon. Um, okay. uh, oh, wait a minute. I think I hear Gary Bettman talking.
0: We have a trade to announce. I think you're going to want to hear this.
2: That's right, folks, whether you like it or not, it's trade season. Yay! Lots of stuff going on uh, in the past 24 hours, but not only that, this past week, and we're all going to start with um, uh, the uh, trade on the February 20th that sent um, Rob Agara and the 2018 third round pick to the New York Rangers for defenseman Nick Holden. Um, I... In my honest opinion, I really didn't like this trade because of the third round pick. And I know there's a lot of folks that, that don't believe that third round pick is so significant at this point. But uh, the reason why I got a little aggravated is because I think Holden and O'Gara could have gone one for one. I don't understand why the third round was thrown in there for a leverage. That's the only thing that kind of confused me a little bit.
1: I'm uh, guessing that, sorry, Rob, you're right. Uh, Sorry, I was just going to say, I think that was kind of a sweetener for another deal that we'll get to. Uh, I think that was to build a a relationship for another trade. I really do. I think they just needed to sweeten it up, try and get pieces in place for a different thing to happen. But to be honest, the third round pick, for me... um, at first, I was a bit annoyed about it when I looked at the numbers for Holden and realising that he's going to be a seventh defenseman and not play that much. But then again, I looked at it and thought, it's probably, what, the 25th pick in the third round? And when I look back at what the Bruins have drafted from then kind of positions, it's not much. <laughs> it really is. No, and
0: considering the trade that happened the next day kind of gave us a better pick. I also do think there's quite the possibility that given the trade marketing, unfortunately even though Holden is a death player, for some of the other teams he might be one of their sixth defensemen. So I have a sinking feeling that a team like Toronto could have made a phone call and had Sweeney had to give up that pick. Yeah. And may, they might not have – Lou Lamorello is not a dumb GM. He might not even really want to hold but he – another team could have drove up that price. That's oh, just, 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 just just my thought because the the first rumors for it were technically it was a one-for-one deal, and then all of a sudden this got the pick up put in. So maybe another team jumped in. It's it's quite a possibility. Look what happened with um, uh, the trade with Pittsburgh and Derek Broussard. The guy was going to Winnipeg, and then
2: – Yeah, they got pulled Vegas, back.
0: Vegas didn't want him in their division, and they threw in and made it so the deal could happen and go to Pittsburgh. Right. So, anything is possible, and then then we can talk about the Vitrano trade. Um, great for him to go play for another team, but third round pick for a guy like him—that's fantastic.
2: And and that just that just revamps my. I mean, or just kind of turns yeah. around what. No, oh, go on. Go oh, on. I thought you said something.
0: No, I didn't say anything.
2: Um... So on February 22nd, uh, Frank Vetrano gets moved to the Florida Panthers for the 2018 third-round pick from Florida. Now, that move I can completely agree with. Number one, it gives Frank Vetrano an opportunity to be a pro somewhere else because I honestly don't think if he was going to stay in Boston, that was going to happen. So good luck to Frank. Uh, Great New England story. He did what he had to do. It just wasn't enough for the Bruins brass to keep him around, and regardless of everybody's opinion that they didn't give him a chance, I'm sorry. I hate to say this to you people, but he didn't give himself enough of an opportunity to 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 sustain a, a roster spot this season or or next season. Because I know for I don't know for a fact. I can't say that, but it's pretty you know it it spelled out pretty well that the Bruins weren't going to retain him. So uh good for him but that third round pick is now so much better because they moved down i i think the numbers that i heard was 20 spots because of where the bruins could end up i mean if the bruins win the stanley cup this year they they get the 31st pick yes. so depending on where florida ends up if they don't make the playoffs that's you know you're talking maybe a four, 15th or a 16th pick at that time which isn't isn't bad that's and actually a hell of an not, upgrade.
0: Let's not poop to poo poo on Florida right now. They're surging. Right.
2: No, I agree.
0: They uh, could they could be the dark horse if Toronto or Boston decide to start poo pooing the rest of their season away. The Florida Panthers could make it.
2: And Florida is only five points out of a playoff out of a um, wild card spot right now. That yeah. which is the bottom wild card. The second wild card slot is held by the Columbus Blue Jackets right now. So you're mm-hmm. right, absolutely, and the, and Florida seven three. I'm sorry, I'm wicked blind. Seven, that's okay. They're they're playing well. Seven three and all in the last ten. So, uh, good for Frank. Uh, you know, it's, it, hopefully he gets an opportunity there because, it, to me, the Florida Panthers are a kind of a, a team that's on the rebuild. Also, they they they've got a lot of young assets that they're willing to work with. So I think he can. Uh, slot into their lineup pretty well and give them a, a little bit of a um, little more speed
0: so, so let's get to the piece of resistance
2: and then the one that happened t- today uh, right alright well anyway this is how I, I, I read the whole thing last night Elliot Friedman said that um, the Bruins were the, the, the contender for the Rick Nash And then this morning, the news officially broke that the Boston Bruins have acquired Rick Nash in exchange for forward Ryan Spooner, forward Matt Bolesky, defenseman Ryan Lindgren, and 2018 first-round draft pick and a 2019 seventh-round draft pick. And the Rangers Um, Rangers will retain half of Nash's remaining salary while I'm running out of page here. The Bruins will the Bruins retain, yeah. Yeah.
1: The Lesky's salary. Thank you. The Knicks. Thank you for the... till it's over. One. Yep.
2: Yeah. So Rick Nash is a Boston Bruin, and I, I'll tell you one thing. I I, I just... I, that first round pick, I kind of think, was a little much. I think a second would have done it, but whatever. Uh, the The thing that I really like about this is it addresses the need on the right side and that heavy presence on the right side. So, um, but the thing that the thing about that first round pick that bothers me though is at this point right now, as we're talking, Rick Nash is a rental because he's a UFA. He he's going to need to be resigned. So they did get rid of Bolesky's contract. I understand that, and people are loving that. And the Ryan Spooner deal. I'm not sure where he was going to fit in, but. My thing is is, 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 is now all these contracts that have gotten off the books now and, and coming up to the, this summer's off-season you know, builds for the, for the next year, do the Bruins have the funds available, or do they need to make more moves to get Rick, Rick Nash signed? Because I don't have the, my notes in front of me, but what's his salary?
1: $7.5 million.
2: Do they have? Right now? Do they have the room for that? For the next for uh, for another he's, he's not gonna, two or three years?
1: He is never going to sign another contract in his life that is worth that money. Yeah, seven point eight.
2: Okay, yeah,
1: that that guy is never signing another seven million dollar contract ever because the skills aren't there anymore. All right, and so unless he, he's he, unless he scores thirty goals from now to the end of the playoffs, not a chance.
0: Yeah, like here's the way I look at it. He could s- say the perfect storm happens, we win the cup. You're Rick Nash. Do you take a discount to try and do it one more time? Yep. Exactly. At, at his also, age, also, absolutely. He's, 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 he knows Bergeron. He's played with him international. He's he's played with him overseas. Like they know each other. There could be something here, and we don't know about that. He could easily come back for four to five million dollars a season.
2: I was thinking five on the high end.
0: Like like the way I look at it, we all thought Pasta was going to get a huge deal. Pasta technically took, you know, a very good deal to stay in Boston. You know, a friend of the show, um, Colin Beswick, he, he wrote an article today, did the Bruins pay too much for it? You know, he put in stats and so on and so forth. The only glaring stat that scared me um, was from 2015 to now, Rick Nash has only scored two more points than Ryan Spooner. But the one thing it says to me about that, Rick Nash is also a different hockey player to me. Ryan Spooner isn't a game-changer. To me, Rick Nash with the puck on a stick is one of those guys in the last two minutes you want to have the puck. Are, are, are we all in agreeing here?
1: Oh, I, I, oh, yeah. I, would never, I would never say that about Ryan Spooner. No, Ryan Spooner um, would pass the puck. If you, were, if you were to pull the goalie and put an extra guy on the ice that's going to put the puck in the back of the net, I, I'd put Rick Nash out there. Yeah, and, and with, with that first line of Bergeron, Pasta, and Marshy, and Jesus Christ, if that puck doesn't go in the back of the net, it's hitting the post at least once. And now look at Krejci. He's got
0: two huge wingers. He's got DeBrusque with the speed. You can plant Rick Nash in front of the net. Rick Nash can change his game just like David Backus did when he came here and maybe take a page out of Backus and be that same sort of guy that can you know, put the puck in the net. But Rick Nash is going to put a lot more points on the board than the backers, and he's got the great hands. It might... This could This could change, and I, I, I've said it before. I used to compare Jake DeBrus to Rick Nash. Now they're playing on the same darn line. And, uh,
1: and guess who's going to teach Jake DeBrus for the rest of the year and maybe have another Rick Nash in his prime on our hands?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's look cool. at Krejci. Krejci gets to the left to the right now. He can just be like, alright, let's see what happens. The Bruins now have as much as a race racist and overpay, every team does this every year. And And Colin did a great article, and I suggest everybody read it. Um, he, He brings up the stats and what the difference are and how close they both are. But he does bring up the point, you know, Rick Nash did play on a really bad Rangers team, and Spooner's playing on a really good Bruins team. But you never know until these players play, because there's a lot of players that play amazing with one team and play terrible here. But I've seen, we've all seen Rick Nash play internationally. We've seen him play with different players. I don't see why this wouldn't be a great thing. It sends a great message to the locker room. It lets everybody know that we're here to win. Um, If there was any doubts about breaking up the chemistry, the fact that he already knows Bergeron, some of those guys in that locker room, it helps right there. Um, They wouldn't have done this deal if the leadership team didn't say, you know, I'm sure they talked to these guys about it. Plus, now he adds to that leadership team. Yeah. Um,
1: Can can I just... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, can I just talk about the pieces that we sent to them as well? Yeah. Um, Ryan Spooner's played himself out of his contract next year. Uh, I think he silently played too well to be Um, re-signed. Boleski's a cap dump. And I think, basically, you could have sent Spooner in a second-round pick, but the first-round pick uh, kind of helps getting Boleski off the books. Mm-hmm. And I think Lindgren is the extra bit on top that they needed to get it to push through. And I guarantee there are maybe eight other teams that are in on Rick. Well, were in on Rick Nash because everyone was looking to add a guy like that. Um, and I think the Bruins did a really good job because uh, Ryan Lindgren was probably around the middle of the pack defensive prospect wise. Um. I don't think he was an amazing, like, he's going to be a top four defenseman or a top two defenseman. I think everyone realized that he was kind of a bottom six, if anything, when he gets to the NHL and if he gets to the NHL. But, I mean, people, I saw people going off about Ryan Lindgren, who I can pretty much guarantee they've never watched one of his games in their life. Uh, I saw someone say he's an elite shutdown defenseman. No, no, <laughs> he's good. He's not elite right now, or else he'd be on the Bruins. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's just one of them things. Like, you have to give up a hell of a lot to get rid of a contract nowadays. And I'm really glad that we don't have Beleski's money on the books anymore.
2: Yeah, as he's playing in the AHL.
1: Yeah, and there was three three more years on that contract. Uh, and I
2: guarantee
0: you Sweeney did not want to trade Ryan Lingburn. No. he no, would make it I don't think he did. I really don't think he did. He wanted to keep all these young kids. Oh, Ogara I think he was fine with. Yeah. Because you know, they knew what they were they knew what they had with him. But uh, you know, I don't think he was made up his mind on Lingburn whether he was gonna be a piece for this team or
1: not. Yeah. And coming up next year, signing Rick Ness for a contract you've not got many players now with Ryan Spooner gone that you need to re-sign, especially coming off ELCs. Like, there's there's not really anyone that comes to mind that's going to take up big money. And I mean, Austin Zornick is probably the only one-way contract. And eventually Charlie McCoy. We've still got to really think about this Yeah, but that's contract. two years away. And if you sign Rick Nash to a one-year, $5 million deal, it doesn't hurt anything. Fair enough. Like you have the cap space there. You sign him for only a year so you don't have to panic trade him two years down the line when you haven't got enough to sign a guy like McIlwain. And if you sign him to a $5 million deal next year and then you say, look, if we don't make the playoffs or if we look like we're not going to have a good run in the playoffs, you can trade him. And look what look what the Bruins paid for him this year. Why would you not spend $5 million on a guy like that to carry him through the year.
0: The gap is going up.
1: Yep.
2: Yep.
0: Um, so,
1: Simon, and I don't think, I don't think is going to cost that much. This, no. This is- As a fringe top four guy, no. He can't do. McAvoy will. Oh, McAvoy will. I, I think you're looking at kind of the same thing they did with Pasternak. Yes. It's going to, kind of either be a bridge deal up until the like time that he's 22 and then he doesn't look like a bridge deal type
2: of guy no he's more like uh, long-term deal with depth and so on Um, i just want to go back to what uh what court was saying about colin bestwick's article you can read that uh on twitter at cup of chowder or stanleycupofchowder.com i believe that's the website yeah. Uh, fantastic thing. I, I just want to go back on myself on the uh, Rick Nash deal and kind of compare about what I can see in the future with him being matched up with Krejci on the second line. I know there's a lot yes, of people...
0: And it's confirmed. I just read it. It's confirmed he's on the second line. Today.
2: Okay. There's a lot of people out there that read into it and said that Pasternak could be slotted down and Nash on the top line. Why mess with the best chemistry? Why mess with the, mess with the best line in, the, in hockey right now? I wouldn't want to do it. But... Bringing him to the second line also brings in um, some history for me, anyway. When you think of w- uh, where Krejci played with uh, Milan Lucic and, and Nathan Horton, now it's pretty much you can see a lot of that in Jake Dabrowski and now Rick Nash. So I think this is a great move for Sweeney. I mean, for Creche uh, for and in uh, and, 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 and the rest of this season, at least, uh, and hopefully. You know, if the Bruins do resign Rick Nash, I mean, this could this could really uh, evaluate um, uh, David Krejci's career. I mean, he's been a decent player. I'm not gonna crap on him. I like the guy. I like the way he plays the game and so on. Even though he's not a, an 80 or 90 point guy anymore, or never was, but I, I I just like the way that the chemistry that him and Horton and and, and had back in the day, and I could almost see that with DeBrusk and, and Nash now. So. And if they hit it off, you're Sweeney. You want to sign him. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: this is uh, does Rick Nash score in his debut? Because I've been thinking all day that he's going to score tonight.
2: If he does, I'm going to have a proud moment and get up and kind of scream a little bit. Um, And and from what I'm hearing on Twitter, I'm not sure if it's official yet. Cool, you might have a little more knowledge about this. Uh, Is Rick Nash going to start tonight in Buffalo? 100%
0: One hundred percent on the right side with David Krejci. Nice. He's already there. He's doing press conferences. What I'm reading, he's he's one hundred percent. They were trying. They were trying to get Giante in the building, not to play, but just get him in the building.
2: And perfect segue.
1: Um, oh, sorry. No. I was just gonna say. Can you imagine Riley Nash walking into the locker room, sitting down? putting on his, what he thinks is his gear and then going, why the hell is this two sizes too big? <laughs> oh, yeah, there's another Nash in the building <laughs>
2: it, it, You know, what's funny is uh, was, uh, we had the Buster Dog um, this weekend because it was his eighth birthday, and and I love that little bastard. He's my he's my best friend. He's a Boston Terrier. He turned eight uh, yesterday. So, But we were sitting there talking. Uh, me and Courtney were talking about uh, the trade, and, and she all of a sudden goes, wait a minute. Now there's two Nash is going to be on the team, and I said, "Yeah, they're both first letters in name
0: are." all right <laughs> So, so. So they're both wearing Nash.
1: It's been officially confirmed. Yeah. They're just going to wear Nash. So yeah, all right. Nash, so <laughs> Rick Nash is wearing the number sixty-one, the same as he's always worn. Right. Which is pretty good. Uh, we didn't say Holden is now Holdenberg seeing he's wearing Seidenberg's forty-four. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that was that was awesome, Rob. I'm going to <laughs> refer to him as Holdenberg from now on. Uh, and, and and I think he I think he gets a start soon. Yeah. I really do. I think they want to see what he's like in the lineup. Ah, after after ah, sorry, uh, from what Court was saying today, which I really agreed with, but didn't have time to tweet him back. Um, guys like um, Carlo and guys like Grizzly need a couple of games off and just sit down chill out and rest because they're starting to make mistakes
0: yeah i from and it was, it, was, it was someone was saying to me well you're bashing carlo and you never do that i'm probably one of the biggest carlo supporters there are but the expression yeah. i could i was sitting so close to that game i was looking at the expressions on their face on the bench and i know and i I'll, I'll, i've said this before a lot of people have blinders on Grizzlick. I think he's a fantastic defenseman. he's got a great future with this hockey club, but he makes some mistakes and people don't even notice. and Carlo makes the littlest mistake and people notice. when Carlo made the the, the gaff and fell on his face, I knew he wasn't coming back out there. Uh, he went he went around the, around the corner, he got off the bench and he came back and he wasn't coming back. I think he was taken off the bench to get a get an earful. and he just sat there and the look on his face was of devastation. The only reason he got to come back out there, was because Chara got that penalty, and they need him for penalty kill. And that's what I keep telling people. Like, you read Twitter right now; they're all like, "Oh, is Carlo not playing?" You know what, people? Carlo might sit for a couple games, but he is needed for penalty kill. Yeah, he is a very good, up-and-coming defensive defenseman. He's not going to score goals, but he is a way better option than Adam McQuaid, people.
2: And you know what? You know what kills me about this whole defensive thing and nitpicking is um, people. They, they they attack Carlo when he makes a simple mistake. Well, this is the same reason why I t- attack a person and a player like Adam McQuaid when he makes a mistake. You know, th- people just have the McQuaid blinders on because he's a tough guy and
0: he's... And he's he, pretty.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a big hunk of man that a, a lot of people just love looking at. But you know what? There's more to the game than that. I understand. You know, I'm not trying to, you know... <laughs> trying to not oh, yeah, 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 I can't yeah. even talk but It's
0: alright. Well, hey, Rob, what do you think of Grizzly? Like, I know he can, from what I saw, I'll, I'll say this he has a great first pass but he, I kid you not people, when he had that shot and everybody thought he was going to score he looked so scared yeah. when he was coming I, in. He, he looked like he was about to get his head taken off and he thought it was going to happen. He, I don't think he's strong enough in the playoffs. I, I think in the playoffs it was scary.
1: I just think the Bruins need to rest that guy um, he's done above and beyond what he was called up to do he was meant to be up here for a few games and he played that well that they had to keep hold of him it, i just I'd, I'd rest him, I'd put Holden in there, see what you got with Holden for maybe two games um, because it looks like they're not wanting to play him on the right hand side, otherwise I think he would have got the start over McQuaid the other night um, but I, I, I honestly think him and Carlo need maybe two games. Look at what it did for DeBrusque yeah. earlier yeah. this season.
2: Yeah, a an example. Yeah, they just example. need
1: to sit him down and go, right, you watch... Like, say to Grizzly, you watch Krug. Watch what Krug does. Watch what Chara does on the left-hand side. And you need to have your eyes on that patch of ice at all times and learn what you need to do. And then the same thing for... Uh, Carlo, just tell him to watch uh watch um anyone. I mean sometimes he looks lost out there sometimes he looks like the best defenseman on the ice out there. Yeah. um I honestly think he's just they're tired they the young kids playing way too much ice time for what they are
0: he he seemed to be the only one Carlo last night that could control JVR and when JVR didn't have Carlo out there. He sat in front of that net like he was cherry-picking. It was driving me nuts. Yeah. But yeah. it's 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 a weird thing because you, you when I was watching the game, I was looking for different things. And I'm like, all right, yeah, you know what? I'll finally admit that Carlo might need to just take a breather, you know, sit back, reset himself. But then I was watching Grizzly, and I'm like, he needs it too. Like, we got a really big – we got a lot of defensive depth. These guys, you know, someone alluded to it on Twitter today. I think it was um, – um, Matt Kalman when he said that uh, you could have McQuaid and Holden as your your third pairing in the playoffs, right? But uh, I'll say this in that Toronto game, Kevin Miller was the best defenseman on our team on the ice. Did you see? He his, was the only reason. He was amazing.
2: Was he was he down in your area when he was pinching down low and like protecting the puck, killing? Yeah. Oh, that was this. I He's couldn't phenomenal. believe his hands for for a big guy that is is known for basically shut down defensive style he really played along the boards it, it literally went all the around the boards fighting off defenders uh and, you know kept it in the zone I, I believe the the Bruins even had a change while he did that
0: well when he when Carlo was benched Miller never got off the ice right. Him and char it was like a yeah, rotation were... of the, the double shifters for him and char they're just rotating right it's kind of he... weird yeah and he was Phenomenal, like people, like I was talking when I made my tweet today about Grizz sitting. I I knew I was going to get jumped. I was going to get all the people that bash Carlo going, yay! And I'm like, actually, I don't hate him. Yeah. But uh, the Grizzly crowd came out of nowhere on me, and I'm like, they were like, oh, he was this, he was plus two, or he was plus one. I was like, yeah, that was Kevin Miller. Yeah.
1: The thing <laughs> is, Kevin Miller with, was phenomenal with Grizz. I I honestly think he could turn into what Krug has done and be that yep. guy who can step up into the top four occasionally. Yep. But, I mean, like I said, these are 20-year-old kids who need some time to breathe and rest and recuperate. Yep. And not every player on the ice is Bergeron. They can't play through pain and play through everything. Some guys need rest. And when with this far up the standings, this is when you need to start having time off. Otherwise, you're going to get to the point where you can't let players have time off and wear them out for the playoffs. It should be more like the NBA and the uh, MLB and everything where they rest guys for the playoffs. When you're in a place where you can do, why not? And just see what you've got with other guys. And moving on to our other segment... Which is another guy that I really like that the Bruins have just signed today. Yeah,
2: uh, segue into um, you know a, a topic of much rest. Uh, this this player has been resting uh, all season, has not played <laughs> one NHL game at all this year, but was a participant in the United States hockey team at the Olympics uh today Don Sweeney announced that Bruins signed Brian Gianza to a one-year one-way contract worth seven hundred thousand dollars yes. Rob uh, you can have this one
0: yeah seriously I don't want, I don't want to speak negatively so I'll let you go i
1: I think this is the perfect thing you've got youth on your team guys that are called undersized forwards what better person to bring in as an undersized forward as this guy he's He's a legend. I think he's a really good player. I think he's gonna bring legend. Just... <laughs> I you name like what Marty St. Louis, the other undersized forward of this generation. Who else
0: of this generation? Sure, Patrick Elias. Yeah. So
1: yeah, exactly. The them three are very similar players. Well, according I'm just to some know. fans,
0: some some fans of this team, Tory Krug. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And the, the Bruins are doing the whole, let's get guys who have been captains in other teams and load up on guys who can teach and be out there and just sure. lead by example. And the, the leadership is amazing. You're right. He is going to be on the top four with two defensemen because the Bruins are carrying... Oh, no, they're only carrying seven now, aren't they? So yes. That he's going to be up there with either Adam McQuaid, Matt Grizzly, Kevin Miller, Brandon Carlo, and just leadership. Lead by example, go in there in the changing rooms at, after the first and second period and lead by example. That's a great guy to have. And I think people are going, oh my god, you signed this guy to a contract $700,000. It doesn't matter. It's pennies to the pound on like what you're getting for what you're paying and if the Bruins have the cap space right now which they do because they still have three million dollars I think just why not pay for a guy like that
2: yeah his, his leadership is is unspoken I mean he's been around the league for a long time and uh, I just think that his Boston College days really got him more involved in this deal. That he knows the area, uh, he's been around for a while. Um, it, 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 it's it's depth. If something happens to anybody, I, and I'm not I'm not saying. And a lot of people kind of reached out to me and said it, it was this move because of what happened to Patrice Bergeron last night. I don't believe so. I don't think
0: there's any tie to that at all. Um, no, because the rumors were. There was rumors before the game about this.
1: Yeah. There was rumors like halfway through the Olympics about this. (laughs) This has been going on. And then
0: someone, I think Pierre LeBron tweeted it yesterday, I think. Pretty much Shane, he was going to Boston. And then um, Elliot Friedman and Bob McKenzie made the joke about Nash going to Boston. And then pretty much said he was going to Boston.
1: It's so funny how people react to guys. like, Like... if they'd have gone right, we're going to sign this guy to a ten million contract till the end of the season because we can just fit it in. Okay, that's a bad move, but signing him to this deal and getting him in—you've hey. you've made a third-round pick off the Toronto, replaced him with a guy who can do exactly the same job as him and more. They got him for what was the contract for Gianta? Seven hundred thousand. Uh, one okay, way. So... One
0: year. One way. Chris yeah. Kelly just signed 1.25 million with Anaheim. You know what, Sweeney? Uh, you're you're a genius.
2: Yeah, exactly. Genius. Sorry, <laughs> I, can't, I can't even say that. Sweeney. Sweeney. Ah, I did it. All right. He's,
1: so Bergeron is he a game is re- time decision re- as per Cassidy. Yeah. Nice. He has redeemed himself completely this season for anything he has done in the past. I'm sorry.
0: I think he's redeemed himself with his, his drafting as well. Oh yeah. McQuaid in, Carlo out tonight.
1: Ha ha. Huh,
2: that is interesting. Wow. Kind of called that.
1: Yeah, I, said, I, I I. figured it had to happen. <laughs> and against a team that doesn't have Evander Kane, who's the guy who goes to the front of the net, which means you can replace it with McQuaid.
2: All right, so... Let me ask. I'm gonna
1: ask breaking news,
2: eh? I know that's awesome. (laughs)
1: Well, not really breaking news.
2: No, I'm gonna try to get it out today as much as possible.
1: But you can uh, listen to it during the game. Alternate commentary.
2: So, as we do kind of wind down to the end of the show, uh, boy, the hour went fast, and it always does. Um, The the trade deadlines uh, tomorrow, Monday. Um at three PM is this it? Is this it for Don Sweeney and the Boston Bruins making moves uh before this trade deadline or do you see another move coming through?
1: I think there's another move coming through. Otherwise, why would they put Paul Postma on waivers if they could carry? Now like I you you don't
2: just... think you don't think that Paul Postma going on waivers creates a roster spot for Brian Gianta?
1: No, because we're carrying Frank Vidrano and eight defense. So can't they carry eight D-men and one extra forward?
2: Yeah, it's a 23-man roster.
1: You can carry three extra players, can't
2: you? Yes.
0: Yeah, but isn't the trade of Bolesky having Providence need a player? Yeah,
2: but
1: but Palsman is not going to play forward.
0: I know, but... It's still 23-man.
1: You you don't want to have 500 defensemen. Well, yeah, but uh, as well, uh, with O'Gara going to uh, New York, they, uh, Providence had to sign a guy to a PTO to play yeah, there. But, but, so, but O'Gara, but the, the
0: Holden deal, when he came in, we didn't do anything. Yeah. We didn't send anybody down and do anything, and then we did all these trades. I think it's just because the amount of defensemen we have. It's just, I don't know, I up to be honest, I don't think a thing happens with Boston tomorrow. All right, I think, he's, I think he's done. After having to trade Lindgren, I think he's done. He doesn't want to trade anymore, unless he can trade without really trading. You know what I mean? Get get like a Stafford deal, or how he got him for nothing. Then, yeah. otherwise, I think he's done. Do
1: they uh, have two fifth round picks? That's all I'm gonna yeah. i have got to say. Like, I think something could be done with that, but does Brown John uh, cancel that out? Or do they look at another guy that went to the Olympics?
2: And here's here's, a, here's another scenario about the 23 man roster and, and spots available. Is uh, defenseman Chris Marine, uh We forgot to mention earlier signed a one way a two way one year deal with the Boston Bruins and was immediately um, put on waivers with the intent of him going back to Providence. Um,
0: uh, now. There is the rumor, and it caught more fire yesterday when somebody said he might be coming here. And I, I know you don't want to talk about it, Mark, but Ryan Donato. I know you disagree. We, we, I know we, you disagree.
2: We're going to touch on this now because you you brought it up. You opened the can of worms. Um, listen, here it is. Ryan Donato is a very, very great player. He's a young talent. He's going to Agreed. be. A hit. He is going to have a great future in Boston. I don't think the time is now. Might th- I'm always about who got you here. Regardless of the Nash trade. I mean you can it, people can hammer me for that. Well, Nash is a new guy. Well, no. He's got experience. Ryan Donato does not have NHL experience. So and therefore I don't think that he belongs on this team this year. Believe in the fact that the guys that got you this point, they got the guys played. They got a 37-14-8 record this season with a huge core of players that they believed in, continue to believe in that. Let's have Ryan Donato sign over the summer and start fresh. This is the same thing that we went through with Anders Bjork last year. Everybody was like, sign him. Let's get him. Sign him. Let's get him. Get him in the roster, blah, 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 blah. And look what happened. Look what happened. He started the next year. So I... I bel I totally believe you, um, Court, that he. Oh, he not the,
0: I'm just reading what people tweet. Man. Right,
2: he could be signed. And that's awesome. I that would be great. I just don't think that his addition is needed this this year, at, at, at this level, especially especially in the playoffs. You know what I mean? It's
1: a, It's just well, kind of. I know for a fact that his dad said he was finishing off the season with. Um, Right, Is and that Harvard? that ends so, tonight. Yeah, the season's so, over
2: tonight. But plus, they're in the. They could be in the uh, in the in the playoffs too, the ECAC yeah. playoffs. So, you know, uh, you could definitely see them in early March.
1: Do you? Do they wait until the playoffs? And if a forward goes down, and you put Giunta in, do you then sign Donato as a backup?
2: All right, so now, now, Rob, what you're doing is you're playing the scenario that the Bruins did with Charlie McAvoy last year.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and, do you bring Denal in? Because don't forget, if he signs and plays this season, he loses a year of his ELC. Right. Like if he goes onto the Bruins roster, which adds another guy who in two years needs to be re signed. Exactly. Which is the same year as, I think it's uh, Danton Heinen. Charlie McAvoy, is Brandon Carlo the same year or is that the year before?
2: I believe the same. I could be wrong. So you've
1: got four, five top-tier guys because you've also got Jake DeBrusque because he played a year in the AHL. You have Ryan Donato, Charlie McAvoy, Brandon Carlo, Danton Heinen, and Jake DeBrusque all to sign in one, like one week. Yep. Like, that's a lot of money to throw around. I'd rather, I'd, to be honest, I'd rather leave him. I, I, mean, he can play in the AHL and still not take a year off his ELC. Exactly, I'm fine with that. Uh, if he wants to sign after this and come to the AHL, perfect. Yep.
2: But the, for uh, me, for me, the the, the McAvoy thing was the, the the Bruins were beat up. They were injured. You know, he was kind of pushed into that role, which he, I thought he did great. As a young, as a young defenseman,
0: I think it's an understanding. He did fantastic. He was our best defenseman.
2: Yeah, player. absolutely, totally agree. But th- this year we seem to be very healthy, so I don't get the need or the urge to like, it's, it, like like Court always says, it's that new shiny toy that everybody loves. They want to see it as soon as possible, but then they'll be the first people to trash it when he doesn't play well.
0: Just like everybody wanted the Bruins to do a trade, and then as soon as they did one today, everybody lost their mind. (laughs) They gave too much. They gave. People were losing their mind off the Holden deal. Then people were losing their mind off the Nash deal. I'm just like, imagine Sweeney did nothing. they would be like, he,
1: fire, fire, fire. Yeah. Before, you you can only win over a certain percentage of the crowd, not the whole crowd. Yeah. Like, you can't please everyone. It's never going to happen.
2: If I'm not I, I mistaken... I honestly
1: think that Ryan Donato is going to sign at the end of this season, possibly, play as the first-line center in Providence next season, and then you sign Austin Zornick to a one-year deal and see what he does in the NHL. What
0: because a bad Austin scenario.
1: Austin Zornick is an RFA. I yeah. have no doubt in my mind Ryan Donato is on this roster next year.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm no. with you. I'm totally there. Right. I just...
0: We won't have we won't have if Rick Nash signs we won't have the double Nash problem. No offense, Riley Nash, he's been will phenomenal. Be. Donato will be there next year.
2: Right, yeah, I can agree with that. All right, uh, I think that's. If anybody else has got anything else on this trade thing, uh, bring it up now. Forever hold your peace. We good? No. Awesome. Um, uh, just to mention that we uh, we do have some limited time merchandise on the. Uh, blackandgoldhockey.com uh, website. Uh, we have a hoodie. Uh, it's an alternate. We have a, a t-shirt that's an alternate. We kind of almost like the, what the Bruins do. They have their whites, their blacks. Well, we, we're doing the same. So, go check them out. Buy it up. Real cheap. Uh, support the show. Support the show by sharing this podcast with your fellow uh, listeners. We, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, and check us out on any podcatcher out there that you can. Um, we appreciate any and all support thank you for listening court rob thank you for your time today um it's going to be a great week i believe uh starting off with rick nash's uh first game tonight and uh Mm -hmm. we'll have we'll have a lot to talk about hopefully next week and and hopefully a lot more positive things to talk about um this was a good show and uh, we covered a lot i mean i I just didn't think that all these trades would happen at all because in the past couple of years that you know this team has only traded probably one or three players in two or three years. So,
0: and next week will be my last show for a bit because I'll be in Boston.
2: That's right. All right. He's yeah, coming to my home. To He's coming to my hometown. So we'll have to figure something out. So, regardless, thank you very much for listening. Thanks you for the time, and uh, go Bruins. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277 at courtlalonde and at rob40bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog
1: at gmail.com.